You're listening to Pros Like Us, brought to you by NFL Draft Blitz. And now, without any further ado, here's Alex and Lou. That's right, gang. We are back and better than the last time, we hope. We have an under-the-radar prospect for you this week, so let's go to him right now. He's a wide receiver most recently for the Cincinnati Bearcats and uh, formerly the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. Pride of St. Rose, Louisiana, number eight, Michael Young Jr. Michael, welcome to Pros Like Us, man. How you doing? Good, good, man. I can't complain, man. I'm glad to you know, be here. I'm thankful for you having me. All right, tremendous. It's draft prep season. Lots of stuff going on. If you could, maybe just take us through what your schedule's been since the, the playoff game against Alabama to where we are today. Okay, so right off the bat, first things first, Bama game uh, obviously didn't end the way we wanted it to, but it has to be a winner and a loser. So uh, kind of took it on the chin, use it as motivation. Into draft prep, maybe a few days after the game, I headed down to Pensacola to the Exos facility um, and got immediately working the draft prep. That was a six days a week thing, so Monday through Saturday. Wake up at 9.30, get breakfast, head to the facility, work out at 10.30, then, you know, work out last about an hour, hour and a half um, on the field, and then get some treatment, recover, and then report, uh, probably leave, grab some lunch, report back to the facility at about three-ish, um, have a lift at four, grab dinner from the facility, and then, you know, head home. And that was every day, Monday through Saturday, all the way up until uh, the combine. And then after the combine, for the guys that returned, we went, you know, basically same schedule, but instead we went Monday to Friday. So that was my daily schedule um, from about January 9th, I believe, when I got there, all the way up until uh, March 18th when I left to come back to do Cincinnati's parade. All right. Well, so it sounds like it's been quite the grind. We're kind of like in a little bit of a dead period now. I mean, what what have you learned from the, that particular process so far? Just take it a day at a time. Don't, you know, look too far ahead to the future. You know, don't get caught looking in the past. Just, you know, stay consistent every day. Try to be the best version of you every day and, you know, let everything else take care of itself. The program's come a long way at Cincinnati. So you talked about the pro day. The attendance by NFL teams was just huge by all accounts that, I, that I've seen. Set the scene, if you would, and what was your mindset that day? Um, my mindset was just to go and kill it. You know, I was confident, you know, that I'd be able to go out and perform, you know, to the best of my ability to perform to the ability of which I had been doing, you know, at, you know, combine training down at Exos. So my whole, from the, the moment I stepped foot back in Cincinnati all the way up until Pro Day, um, which was about a week, my whole motive was I'm just going to go kill it. Like, I, I'm excited. I can't wait for the day. I was literally chomping at the bit. I, I couldn't wait. And uh, to see the, you know, just the amount of attention that we've drawn, it was, I think the best way to explain it, it was very, it was amazing. It was almost like all the hard work that, you know, not only us, um, the guys that are participating in Pro Day, but just the whole program in general, um, all the hard work that we put in, you know, in so many ways, it was you know, we're finally getting the recognition that we deserve. You know, obviously, like I said, having, you know, 
winning multiple winning seasons, you know, being in the playoffs, getting national attention, and then, you know, having, you know, the pro day like this and you having all 32 teams show up with multiple scouts, GMs, head coaches, to get Garner that attention, that was, you know, something that you don't necessarily dream of, you work towards, and to see it come into fruition, that was awesome. So you said you wanted to kill it, in your words, did you? I think so. I don't, I don't speak too highly, you know, on myself. I've never been a, a guy that I can sit here and talk about myself and be like, oh, yeah, I did this and I did that. I feel like it's awkward. It's kind of cheesy. Um, but I believe so. I mean, at least at the end of the pro day, I got a lot of positive reception, not only from my teammates, but from scouts, coaches. And, you know, my agent um, was pretty happy with how I did and what I did. And, and to get that, you know, reception, Regardless if I had gotten it or not, I was pretty pleased with how I did. So I think I did pretty well, if I say so myself. All right. Well, let's if you can, put some numbers to it. Uh, 40 bench press. I mean, whatever you did that day, do you recall some of the, some of the test numbers? Um, I did 36 uh, inches in the vertical. Um, I did 16 reps in the bench press. I did 10 feet even in the broad. I... Do not know 40. They did not give us any of our official times. I've been trying to work on our player personnel guide for that, but I was rumored to high 4.4s to low 4.5s. That's why I was rumored. That's about it. That's all I can recall. I don't know about Shuttle and Elcon. And, um, and then obviously the, re- the receiver work was, was pretty spot on. All the guys in Des. <laughs> All right. So, you know, it's a, you're a pretty humble guy, obviously. But, I mean, this is your opportunity as well as to maybe shout some of these things out to people that haven't seen you play that much. What would you say your best trade is that you bring on the field and then also off the field? I think on the field, um, I really dissect the game. I think my best attribute is that, which kind of goes into my off the field, um, just the way I prepare I watch a ton of film all day. I'm a film junkie. I'm a football junkie, but I'm a film junkie. I watch film all day. Um, That is my homework when I'm not doing homework for grad school or anything like that. That is my homework, so I watch film all day. And then when I go out on the field, I'm able to see things before it happens, and I'm able to react, you know, think, you know, a step ahead than, you know, most guys. So I think that's my best attribute, which allows me to, you know, be able to run my routes, you know, a certain way or, you know, get open or get in a window or find a window that, you know, me and Dance have been working on throughout the week. And, you know, it allows me to play, play a lot faster and a lot more freely. So um, I think that's my best attribute. Um, other than I, I think I'm a route technician. I take pride in running routes. That is like my bread and butter. I love doing that all day other than watching film. But other than those two things, um, and like I said, off the field, just being an avid, you know, note taker and, and, you know, studying film. I think those are my best attributes. Okay, we also like to talk to guys and kind of give our listeners a, almost like an origin-type story. So if you could kind of give our listeners and give us all a uh, kind of a view as to when and how your love of the game began. For my earliest memories, I could just remember running around my house with a football in my hand was probably bigger than me. Um, running around the house, stiff-arming the... <laughs> the tables and the sofas and and everything. My sister, my parents, and everything. Diving for catches. Literally, I think I have like home videos of me doing it. <laughs> so for as long as I can remember, it was just something that I was fascinated with growing up. 
you know, just having fun running around, not making too much sense of it because I was like four or five years old. And then as I obviously I got older, um, started to understand the game more. I was able to play when I was six. Um, and once my dad put me into football when I was six, that's rocketed the the fandom, the the passion, the love I had for the game. And ever since then, I've never looked back. And that was it. Once you put the pads on, that that was it. So that's that's oh, very, that was that very was cool. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, I would imagine you probably had a ton of offers or several offers coming out of high school, right? Uh, yeah, I would say so. <laughs> you end up going to Notre Dame. Correct. Curious, how, what made that the right choice for you at that time? And how did you come to that decision? Well, growing up, uh, academics was huge in my household. My dad was obviously a huge sports guy, but my mom really could care less about sports. All she cared about was how well her son was doing in school. So, even though my dad wants to put me in all these sports, you name it, football, basketball, baseball, track, soccer, whatever it was I wanted to do. My mom always said, if I don't come home uh, with all A's and B's on my report card, there there is no sports for me. I'll be studying. So that was the deal that we made. And I stuck with it all throughout elementary school, middle school, high school. And I never had a problem. I always did like school. So for me, it was an added incentive to do well. And so I just kind of stuck with it. And then by the time I got to high school and offers started rolling in and Notre Dame came about, um, obviously I knew how prestigious the school was, um, not only for its athletics, but academically and what it could do for me post, you know, my athletic career. So once they offered, you know, I kind of sat down with my parents and, you know, we did our due diligence. I looked at other schools because recruiting and the coaching carousel in the college football game, it literally can change in the blink of an eye. So we did our due diligence, but in my heart and in the back of my mind, I knew Notre Dame was the best place for me to grow. Well, it looks to you've done both of them proud. I mean, on the field, off the field, you graduated from Notre Dame. And then with the transfer rules and so forth, you're, you're able to, as a graduate, transfer. How did you come by choosing Cincinnati then? Um, I had a really good relationship with Coach Denbrock. Coach Denbrock and uh, Coach Archie Denson was my main recruiters from Notre Dame, and I had a really solid, tight relationship with those guys. Coach Denbrock left like three weeks before signing in my senior year, and uh, I was kind of, you know, bothered by it because he was co-OC and he was receivers coach at the time of my recruitment. So, um, but he assured me, he was like, hey, look, you know, obviously I'm moving on to another school. I would love to have you, but I think Notre Dame is the best place for you. Um, I didn't recruit you because of my own selfish reasons, because I want you. I really recruit you because I think it is a place for you. It is a place where you can grow and you can develop as a man, as a player, et cetera. So um, just him, you know, staying in my corner and even throughout my time at Notre Dame, whenever I had a good game, didn't play that much or whatever the case may be, he'd always shoot a text, you know, asking me how I'm doing or if I did well, be like, hey, I'm so proud of you. Like I'm watching, like keep it up. And that, that stuck with me. So by the time, you know, I thought it was, a, you know, necessary for a change of scenery, I, like I said, I'm a football junkie. I had saw that Cincinnati was on the up and up. I saw what Coach Fickle was doing with the program here. They, By the time I got there, they had already had two winning seasons under their belt. Um, I think they were like 11-2, like both years. So, and they were in the top 25. So, it, you know, I added bonus to why I wanted to go there. So uh, once I got in the portal, you know, linked up with Coach Denbrock, Got really close with our receiver coach here, Coach Brown, and then that was basically it. That was all she wrote. 
because the universe deemed it to be, what was it like going back to South Bend wearing the opposing team's uniform to play against your former coach, Kelly, your teammates that were still there? What was that like? It was business, honestly. That's like the best way I could describe it. A lot of people uh, coming into the season that asked me about it, and I honestly, like, I couldn't get, like, super hyped for it, and and it wasn't just like I was stale to the feeling. Like, it was business. Like, the only thing I want to do is win. I don't care if I didn't do anything that game. I don't care if I sat out that game or for whatever reason. I just wanted to win. I just wanted to do my job, put my team in the best position to win and be one and no at the end of the day. That was literally the only thing on my mind. I wanted to win so bad. That was it. I didn't care about anything else other than winning, so... So you guys got that done. Was there any trash talking on the field? Did anybody kind of give you a little needle? No, at least not for me, not, you know, my perspective. All the guys, when they saw me, be like, what's up, Pike? And I just be like, what's up? And we would just go to our respective sidelines. But rather than that, it was it was all love. It was no banter, no trash talking, none of that. All right. I got to ask you about this because it just seems a little weird and sometimes a little concocted. I mean, you're from Louisiana, right? So Correct. your former coach, Brian Kelly, now is the head coach at LSU. Correct. And there have been some very awkward videos of dancing, a fake accent, like he's from the bayou or something. How do you see this playing out in your home state? How would players do you think would react to some of that, those shenanigans, if you would? Honestly, it really depends on the staff. Like Coach Kelly can do so much. He can... He can paint a picture, you know, that could be completely false or whatnot. I mean, I don't believe it's false, but um, he can, you know, do whatever it is. But ultimately, it's up to his staff. Um, the staff are going to get those guys uh, more than anything. I think he did a, a good job of getting Coach Denbrock, somebody who can relate, especially a guy being from Louisiana, a guy who can, you know, really relate and, and make you feel welcome and make you feel at home. I think it's more so indicative of the staff than anything so i hope it works out I, I trust me i'm just as interested in seeing how it works out coming from you know his background and how he ran things at notre dame and how is it going if it's going to translate to lsu or maybe he changed his style i don't know hopefully it works out but like i said the coach that he has on staff i think at the end of the day he'll be fine um but like i said you never know but i, I truly in my heart i feel like it'll be okay yeah, well, no question the guy can coach. It just seemed awfully, like, a little... Uh, yeah, yeah, a little a little fake, you know, kind of <laughs> like, like I said, almost like scripted and so forth. But when in Rome, I guess, you, you kind of blend in and do as the Romans do, in this case, Louisianans. But hopefully he has a long run there. Obviously, you know, Coach Fickle has done an amazing job at Cincinnati. You've kind of laid out how you know so much talent is there that you know you've got the eyes of the nfl there you made the college football playoff as a non-power five school you know he's got a lot going for him but compared to maybe some of the other coaches you've had what would you say is either different about him or that makes him stand out i think he's the ultimate like motivator i think that's the best way to describe it um i'm not a huge raw rock guy like i'm you know before game um kind of in my head, you know, listening to music to kind of get me hyped. And, you know, I go out and do, you know, what I need to do to get myself ready to play. But once he comes in and gives that pregame speech, all bets are off. Like, I'm ready to run through a wall. The next guy, the guy next to me is ready to run through a wall. Like, the whole team is like, oh, yeah, it's time to go. And he's a fun-loving coach. He's energetic. 
He allows us to play free. He reminds us, you know, to have fun and to play free, um, not to do anything stupid, obviously, that could cost the team, but, you know, play free, have fun, do what it is that you love to do. Do what you do that makes you love the game. Um, like I say, just don't get carried away with it. And, you know, him having that kind of motive of play free, have fun, but play smart, it just resonates throughout the team, and that's what it allows us to go. And it's a, a culture full of competition. Everyone's trying to top to be the best or better. You know what I mean? And when you have that environment of just that play-free competitive spirit, oh, man, you can't beat it. All right. We had the opportunity to talk to one of your one of your uh, teammates there, Alec Pierce, not too long ago. So okay. I'm going to ask him the same question. Obviously, you guys play the same position. How was it going up against Sauce? Gardner and Kobe Bryant in practice every day. How did they make you a better receiver? It makes you learn the intricacies of defenses, you know, player types, player tendencies, receiver things like, you know, releases or rock running. It literally forced you to enhance your game because it was always a trick up their sleeve. So it always forced you to have an ace up yours as well. Like I said, that competition, it made us so much better. Like I'm so grateful for it. It was tough. You know, if me and Alec were here, we obviously we'd say we won a fair share of our battles. And I'm pretty sure if you ask them, they say otherwise. So that was what it was. And it was all respect. And, like, it was all friendly. It was, okay, we're going to work today. And I'm going to make you better. You're going to make me better. Like, it was times where, like, we do one-on-ones and Kobe will come up to me and I'd be in a slot. And Kobe would be outside and Kobe would be like, hey, Mike, let's get this one-on-one around. And I'm like, say less. Like, we're there. Like, Ahmad to do the same thing with Alec. Like, hey, like, let's get this one-on-one run. And Alec, like, does not hesitate. We're like, all right, let's go. Like, that was the kind of relationship we had, the kind of competition we had. And it made us better. And obviously, Kobe won the Thump Award. Ahmad is arguably the number one corner in the draft. Well, I don't think arguably. I think he is. But, you know, and Alec is one of the top receivers in the draft. So it definitely helped us out. I'm thankful for it. So how about the field general, Desmond Ritter? I mean, he kind of ran the show for your team. What can you say about him as a player, as an individual, what he meant to you, what he meant to the team? Cool, calm, collected. Never get too high, never get too low, nothing ever rattles him. Um, And when he's on, he's on. There will be times where he'll make a pass in the game, like to open up a game, and I'll be like, oh, yeah, it's going to be this kind of day. And he, like, gives me that look like, oh, yeah, it's on. (laughs) And that's, like, my favorite look because it's like, oh, man, this is about to be a really fun game. Like you said, I mean, he's a leader. You know, he doesn't have to say too much. He leads by example. But when he speaks, you listen. I mean, that's all I can ask from him. Um, and the relationship me and him have were really cool. So to have that just relationship off the field with him, that meant a lot to me. So when it was on the field, it was just like, all right, cool. Like, I'm playing with a buddy. I'm playing with a friend. So there's nothing I wouldn't do for, do for him. And I'm pretty sure he feels the same way. All right. So the last four years plus, it's been all, you know, team, team, team. This time of year, this part of your career, it's going to be more about Michael, okay? You know, looking at just the statistic part of things, there's no gaudy numbers when we look at just your production, if you would. How would you answer a scout or a GM wondering, okay, where is the production? Why should we draft this guy? I think you're, obviously, like I said, I think you're getting a team guy. I think you're getting a culture guy. Um... You know, I come in and work every day with my hard hat. 
blue collar mentality. Um, that's just how I was raised. Um, the production side of it, I mean, when you look at it across the board, like Alec last year didn't have that much of production. And this year, he it boomed, it blossomed. But when you look at it across like the country, it's still not as high as like others. You know what I mean? So, and two, like we have a lot of mouths to feed. Um, we have a lot of great players. I was fortunate enough, and part of the reason why I came here is because I wanted to play with great players, and we have a lot of great players across the board. We have Alec, we have Dez, we have Jerome, we have our two tight ends, Wiley and, and Lenny T. We have the other receivers, Trey, Jaden, Tyler Scott. You got the backup running backs, Monty. You have so many mouths to feed, and there's only one ball. So either you're going to throw the ball to me and the receivers 40 times a game, or you're going to hand it all to Jerome, who, I mean, we all see what Jerome can do, or any of our running backs, or you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, you can look at the production and question, but there's also other things I can do. I can get in the return game. I can go down on other special teams like punt or kickoff. I offer more value than just me being a receiving option. You mentioned earlier some positive feedback from scouts. I mean, don't need to name names, but just in general, what's kind of been the feedback? The feedback is... A lot of teams, like, we don't need to put you on the board because we know you're smart and we know you can retain information. So that's not an issue. Other feedback has just been, you know, just keep it up. Like, just keep at it. Obviously, they'll always say, like, you're in a really good position, which, I mean, I think that's something you always want to hear. They don't really question much other than the only thing they want to see was how fast I was. That was kind of like the biggest feedback I had got prior to Pro Day was just how fast are you going to run? How fast are you going to run? And so I think I answered that question. That was kind of the, the biggest thing. And then, like I said, after that, everything was, we did a hell of a job. We're excited. We think you can help our team. Uh, we'll keep in touch. And it's just been kind of that, just from different teams, obviously. But it's literally been the same thing. Like, you did have one solid pro day. You had a hell of a pro day. We think you can help our team. We like you a lot. Stay in touch. Yada, yada, go so forth and so on, so all right, so in your mind, do you think you've done enough during this uh, draft prep phase to get you in the conversation? We may, we're going to hear your name called at the end of the month. I mean, that's the plan. I won't necessarily say I did enough. I feel like I did all that I could. It's ultimately not up to me. <laughs> um, I do feel confident, that I, and I am feeling good about it. So. All right, very good. Well, we appreciate you taking the time for us, Michael. Here's an opportunity for you, if you'd like, just to go ahead and shout out your social media handles. If you have any causes you're involved in, anything you want to plug, now's your time. Go ahead. Shout out to everyone who helped me along the way. I mean, obviously, without them, they know who they are. Without them, none of this would be possible. I wouldn't even be on the phone with you right now. So I'm just thankful for that. Uh, social media is my name. You can just Mike me Jr. You can find it, whether on Twitter, Instagram, whatever the case may be. But um, I'm not too big on social media, so don't, I don't want to shout it out and people go there and they're expecting to see something spectacular. And, uh, yeah, man, just shout out to everybody who helped me uh, along the way. None of this would be possible without you guys. So. All right, great. Thanks again, Michael, for the time. Best of luck through the rest of this process, and hopefully we hear your name called and uh, maybe we catch up again at camp sometime. Sounds good. I appreciate you taking the time. All right, gang, Michael Young Jr., there you have it. Thanks again to Michael Young Jr., Cincinnati Bearcat. 
Uh, like I said at the top, this is an under-the-radar type guy. Didn't have huge production at Cincinnati, but obviously played on a very good team, and uh, we like his chances in the NFL draft. Hope to uh, see him coming down the pike here and seeing him in camp over the summer. So that is going to do it for this time. Lou on his own this week. Wow. All right. So, as always, peace.